So we're talking about building a guild. We are talking about building a guild. Yeah. Talking about trying to find our people and mm-hmm. kind of some deeper thought that's going into that that conversation. Yeah, this is life 2.0 after the kids are grown and gone. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting time mm-hmm. to be us. I'm ready for this adventure. Are you? Yeah. This is Kink Quest, leveling up our kink achievements one dungeon at a time. We're your adventuring companions through the world of kink, Anna and Soren Sterling. Come check out the community and join the fun at www.kinkquest.org. Discussion on this show may not be appropriate for younger listeners. If you're a young person looking for more information about kink or sexual health, please visit Scarletine at www.scarletine.com. This is episode nine, and we're talking about building a guild. So we previously talked about our campaigns that we've charted out, and this is the major step where we're actually talking through the process of building a kink guild. We, gosh, have never really had an in-person kink community. Mm-hmm. We have kind of not taken, Not one that we'd call our own. No, we've mm-hmm. taken some steps to like try to connect with other people and have done so to some level of success but well I I would attribute a lot of this to raising children yeah anytime that you're you're raising kids we really focused heavily on that so when when we were in that mode then it was really difficult to kind of build a whole separate community because your kids were your community it's true right it's absolutely true so this is the first time where we're kind of approaching it with fresh eyes and we're looking to kind of hand carve a community out for for people that are like us so we talked a little um before about the fact that we really started out in the swinging community. Mm-hmm. Well, and by and large, that's all that I was really aware of, that we were aware of in Chicago. I'm sure there was a kink community in mm-hmm. Chicago, but we also weren't really aware that we were into a lot of the things that we found out later that we were into. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time, really the beginning of the whole situation was when we had a, a normal vanilla life friend Mm -hmm. and kind of stumbled into a triad situation right and then it went poorly Mm -hmm. because when go figure when you stumble into a situation like that and decide to bring sex into the room and no one really understands any of the moving pieces Mm -hmm. you could be lucky and it could go well but probably it's going to go poorly yeah when i think that a lot of that Period, we were just kind of sorting stuff out for ourselves. And it takes decades to really figure out who you are. It has taken us a long time. Mm-hmm. But that that went so, so poorly that we said, well, what would be better is if the next time we kind of got ourselves into this situation, it was with someone who already knew that they were interested in this mm-hmm. kind of situation. And in our vanilla life, we are planners, so we always want to make sure that we have things thought out so that they go well. It's not that every single thing has to be perfect, but we want to make sure that we understand the thing before we just go wading in. We were recently asked by someone at work, uh, do you guys come up with <laughs> Excel spreadsheets for stuff in your personal life? Like, is this just a work thing for you guys, or do you do this at home? Oh, yes. And I laughed, and I wanted to say, you have no idea <laughs> the ways we pervert Excel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, point out uh, episode eight, uh, the Sustainers (laughs) Keep Challenge. There's some good Excel work going on there. So ultimately, what we kind of came to is because we are that kind of planners, Mm -hmm. uh, Soren 
sat me down and said, you know, basically, Soren can live in any community. Mm-hmm. Soren can show up anywhere. I'd say that he's like a boy cat. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable anywhere. He can just kind of show up and make himself at home yeah. wherever he is. Yeah. And I and I can either make the people around me very comfortable or very uncomfortable. It just depends on the mood, you know? <laughs> it's true. That's actually very true. Uh, so I'm a lot more challenging. It's, it's harder for me to find a place where I feel at home, where I feel mm-hmm. safe. Uh, so Soren tasked me with coming up with what the goal is, mm-hmm. like what the point is. Yeah. So what are you what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about community and, you know, when we talked about our campaign specifically, we were looking at building a guild and and trying to understand what the values were that that those people what do those people look like not physically but like how do they behave how do they act how do you know if you found those people what does that mean because yeah. finding people who like to do sexy kinky things that's easy yeah you easy can find that room anywhere in the country right. and walk into that room and boom there you are but if that's the approach that you take you can pretty much guarantee that those are not going to be your people mm-hmm. if you just don't use any thought and you just stumble into it mm-hmm. i found a lot of the wrong rooms mm-hmm. over our time we had the i I don't know if we told the, I think we told the story in the episode where we talked about our first Mm -hmm. uh, weekend, our first big swinger event, Mm -hmm. where there was a room where there was a group sex room and there were dudes in there just eating Doritos. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that one. And it was like, if you are going to be eating Doritos over the people having sex, like, that's cool. If that's your thing. But it maybe makes you not the person Mm -hmm. who is in my group sex (laughs) room, you know? Dorito man. (laughs) Dorito man. Yeah. So I had to really start thinking about what my goals were. And when I did that, I realized a big piece of what was going, what has always gone wrong for us in the Mm -hmm. past, I think, because I started to realize that it was very hard for me to define my goals. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because they felt hard to approach for me. It was because I realized that, you know, so in the swinging community, there was this idea and to, to preamble here, I've met a lot of really lovely swingers, mm-hmm. and I have actually never at a swing party felt pressured in the ways that you might expect that you would. However, I feel like in the swing community that we were a part of, it was very much an old guard, kind of 70s era. Mm-hmm. These were a lot of people who did a lot of swinging in the 70s, and now it was like the 90s and the aughts, and they mm-hmm. were still swinging. Yeah, And there were a lot of... of kind of rules, kind of unspoken rules that existed in that community that I now looking back feel like they did a lot of work in keeping keeping people interacting the way that they wanted us oh, yeah. to. Well and it's it's a little bit like systemic racism or discrimination. It in is. That it's the unspoken piece that just happens under the surface. Mm-hmm. So for example, in that community, in that very specific swing community, uh, and I think this is actually pretty common in those communities that three ways, mm-hmm. great, a lot yep. of fun. However, these three ways could involve two women and mm-hmm. one man, and All day. that kind of three way, everything can happen. Yeah. However, a three way that involves two men and one woman. That could happen. Never shall the swords touch, yeah. right? It was I think very, that was kind of spoken. I don't think that was even really unspoken. Kind of quote unquote, no gay stuff. I, kind I would of say rule. no gay shit here. Yeah. And I think people even said that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? So, you know, for us, 
going into that. At, we were very young, yeah. and we were going into that, and that wasn't really on the well, on the agenda it always, for us. It always did s- stick weirdly with me that like you're in the community, you're, uh-huh. you're kind of at the center of it, and and you're homophobic, yeah. right? Or that that everything is is either straight or gay. There's yeah. no no blending or in between. There's it no was, spectrum there. Yeah. So, you know, again, but that one, it only affected us in the sense that it didn't quite feel right. Yeah. It didn't really affect us in the sense, like, that wasn't what we were kind of seeking out oh, at that sure. point in time. So yeah. it we kind of were able to just cruise around that mm-hmm. one. But there's this whole idea in that community of being a soft swinger. What's a soft swinger? So a ding, soft... Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> vocab. So ultimately, a soft swinger was any person who came to a party with an agenda other than completely separating out from their partner and immediately going and having sex with whatever random people were at that party. So soft swingers are the people who generally stick together. Uh, And hard swingers would be kind of explicitly splitting off when you get to the party. And then this is more like a key party situation. Mm -hmm. But also being choosy Mm -hmm. about who you split off with. If you're choosy about who you want to have sex with, you're a soft swinger. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay with your partner, you're a soft swinger. If you have rules, uh, Mm -hmm. like like if you have a rule that says, I'll do oral, but I'm not going to do like, you know, PIV, Mm -hmm. then like- Do what? uh, Penis in vagina. Oh. Uh, Then you- That's soft swinger? Yeah. Okay. Then you're a soft swinger. Got it. Right? And there was very much this kind of mood that, like, the soft swingers, those were the lame people. Mm -hmm. Those were the pussies. They're not hardcore. So, you know, there was never, ever a feeling where someone was like, okay, you're here, now you have to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I never felt coerced in Mm -hmm. any way. But it was more like this, like, do you want to be, like, a a cool person who's Mm -hmm. here to do the thing that we're all here to do? Or are you, like, one of those shitty soft swinger types? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that had a huge impact on me. Again, I mean, I was... I was barely 21. Yeah. I was, if I was 21. Early like, 20s. Yeah, I think I was not 21 yeah. at some of those events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really had an impact on me. And I don't think I really realized it mm-hmm. at all until we got here. Well, and I, I think in some regard, you were comparing yourself to me because, you know, the boy cat that I am, uh, I'm fine with pretty much whatever. Yeah. And, and I kind of compare that to how we feel about food. You know, I, I consider yeah. myself kind of a, uh, a trailer park street rat from, any, from a kid. Any leftover, mm-hmm. if it doesn't eat you first, yep. you will eat it. As long as it's like close to the color that it was when it was first made, <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, Anna is a little bit more particular in the food, or let's say mm-hmm. a lot of bit more particular in the food okay. that she's willing to eat. Be a little particular. And in the, in, in the same regard, uh, when it comes to, to promiscuity or, or kink or kind of that, that, uh, open adventure without really regard to to thinking about it. I'm much more uh, that type of person where I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Let's do that. But Anna's much more particular. And I think that you, um, you'll you oftentimes kind of criticize or, or judge yourself when you feel that there's a difference between us. Mm-hmm. And of course there's a difference between us because we're kind of polar opposites in that regard on that spectrum. And it's mm-hmm. not a judgment of good or bad. Right. It's, it's different. a little like if I were to like be down on myself because I'm not dominant enough. Right. right. Yeah. That's not my job. Right. That's not my role here. And you know, I know that I've had that very much when it comes to uh, my thoughts mm-hmm. on sharing you mm-hmm. with another kind of femme type person mm-hmm. are very different mm-hmm. than your thoughts on sharing me with another guy. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that is something that doesn't sit comfortably for me. You know, mm-hmm. it feels almost like it's not fair. It feels mm-hmm. almost like I'm not allowed to play in those ways mm-hmm. unless it's okay with me if you do the same thing. Right. Well, and I think I, I would love to know more about where that comes from because I don't believe there's really been any part in our relationship over decades that's that's been the source of that. No. I mean, that's never come from you. Mm-hmm. Never at all. But it's, it's just this idea that I have that I don't know where it comes from. Well, I mean, I guess because if you think about like, and again, everybody has their own dynamic and for some people the dynamic works. But mm-hmm. whenever I hear like as a dominant, I play with who I want, but mm-hmm. my sub is only allowed to play with me. Mm-hmm. That always feels a little like it's like having your cake and eating it too, mm-hmm. right? And it just feels wrong to me. Like, if I'm going to get to explore or adventure, then you should have to get to explore and adventure, too. Mm -hmm. And I guess, too, when I think about how it would make me feel for you to freely explore an adventure with, like, no no thought about my preferences or my wants, it feels Mm -hmm. bad to me. But I've said for a long time that being with you is the thing that's kept me alive. (laughs) (laughs) When I was ready to go off to college... Uh, I think that that had I been completely untethered, I don't see good things coming out of that on on several fronts. So I think, you know, even when you look at it from that perspective, just personal safety, I think that mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that I would have done if I didn't have you um, being the, uh, the tether, the, the tether, but also the, the person scrutinizing the situation. That's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so I think, you know, there was that whole part of it, this feeling that everything needs to be fair. Mm-hmm. And if it's not fair, basically I can't do a thing, even if that's what you want, knowing that it's one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do a thing if you can't do it too. But things have never needed to be fair. No. Not ever. Not true. ever. That's not really the way we've ever worked. Ever. It's more about whether it works for me and whether it works for you and right. less about what's equal or what's fair. Mm-hmm. That's true. So... You know, I found myself having thoughts in my head. I always love this when I'll have a thought in my head and go, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and I had the thought, you, you told me to come up with three goals. Mm-hmm. And then it took me like two days and I'm just thinking about it and thinking about it and kind of cranking. And I have the thought, well, it would be nice if I could only ever have sex with a person when I really felt like I wanted to. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a fucked up thing to think. It is. Like, that is messed up that it would be nice part of that it would be nice the the feeling that it's not really fair to ask for that Mm -hmm. well and i i think the the spectrum here though is that i'm entitled to that too right of course i wouldn't have sex with somebody if i didn't want to Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i'm never going to be in the situation where i'm like well this is a job i'm gonna you know roll up my (laughs) sleeves and and get to work here here we go uh that's that's never how i approach that situation but it is the uh, the the situation where I f- where I don't want to. So mm-hmm. the difference between us is that we both want that thing. Mm-hmm. We both require that we actually want to want to do that. Uh, <laughs> that's not different, and that shouldn't be different. The only difference is uh, the the frequency with which we feel like we want to versus we don't want to. Yeah. For me, I'm like, yeah, sure. There are very I, I few want no's to. in the world for That's you. That's right. Uh, but we're both entitled and we're both, we both have that, that right to 
decide not to have sex. I guess it's the feeling that's of like, cool. It's like a princess and the pea thing, you know? It's oh, like yeah. like it's being something that I'm not supposed to be if I'm like very particular, you know? Like well, if I didn't want it, if I didn't want a particular person, I wouldn't be with you. It's a good point. So you're saying you chose the princess and the pea. I choose the princess and the pea every day. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. But you hear where I'm coming from, I right? totally that, do, but it's totally wrong-headed. Like showing up and, and saying, well, I only want these things, mm-hmm. but like that is how I work, and mm-hmm. I won't want to be there if I don't have those things. Right. And so then it was getting to the bottom of what those things are. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing I came to is that we need to find people who have similar needs mm-hmm. to the needs that we have. So, you know, I mentioned in a previous episode that I've been spending some time on a local Discord server. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting. I've been learning a lot about what I'm looking for, what I'm not looking for, um, what other people are looking for when they come to find community. Because, you know, I think there are people who are single who are looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. And for long term. They're looking for a primary mm-hmm. partner. And they know that if they don't look in kinky spaces, if you find a person, if you're very kinky and you find a person in a vanilla space, mm-hmm. you can't know how compatible you're going to be. And it's hard to know when to drop that on them. Mm-hmm. So the idea of coming to kinky spaces to find a find your person, that makes a lot of sense, but is not super compatible with what, what we're there looking mm-hmm. for. Well, and I had this thought earlier today that that you have that idea that it's not it's more appropriate to look in kinky spaces mm-hmm. to to have those conversations and figure out who you like. Mm-hmm. It, it rather than going to vanilla space and and having those relationships and finding out whether or not they're kinky. Mm-hmm. My thought, while it, it it's difficult and it, it shouldn't be this difficult, but my thought is, what if being kinky was not like a, a dirty bad thing? What if it was just it was just part of who you are and people are actually comfortable talking about that. Sure, that would be great, but that's not the world we live in. Oh, I know it's not the world right? we live in. And I think I'm all for furthering that mm-hmm. and making that happen, mm-hmm. bringing that into the reality. But the truth is, when you go to a kinky space, mm-hmm. some people are in that space mm-hmm. because that's the only place they feel comfortable yeah. looking for partner. Right, but in it, the idea of why Fifty Shades of Grey did so good mm-hmm. and even why Twilight did so good had to do with some of those those uh, mechanics that that young women are identifying as a hook mm-hmm. and they're like holy cow there's something here and it just took off like like wildfire and i think that there's so many more people who actually are kinky it's just that they're not comfortable talking about it yeah but you're talking about big picture mm-hmm. and i'm talking about like yep. specifically when i walk into a space yep. there are people who are there for yep. that reason whether it's good or bad whether yep. it should be that way or not that's why they're there mm-hmm. and if someone is there trying to find their primary partner, then it's... Or if they're actively trying to fuck someone tonight. And that's the other one. Right. So people who are in that space, because they're looking for someone to play with right here, right mm-hmm. now. And all of those people, and that's why I think, you know, so many, so much of the time we start these conversations mm-hmm. when we're in these spaces mm-hmm. and we're trying to start conversations about like, what are your hobbies? Yeah. What do you like? What do you yeah. do on Saturday? Yeah. What are you into? And we often kind of get brushed aside. Mm -hmm. And it's because people are looking for something. Mm -hmm. And if what they're looking for isn't someone to be their friend, to be their community, to hang out with, and that maybe sex might be on the menu at some point when Mm -hmm. you get to know one another, 
if that's not what they're looking for, then it's they're not brushing us off because they're assholes or they don't like us. Mm -hmm. It's because they are they are seeking a goal, and what we're doing is not in alignment with that. Well, this is like a a Tinder hookup, Mm -hmm. where you know if if you go and you find a date on Tinder tonight, you're supposed to fuck. That mm-hmm. that is the the goal. That's what's on the table right now. Mm-hmm. And and much of that longer term dating or courting or getting to know each other mm-hmm. for for a good part of the population, that's just not even on the table. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways you just kind of pre-screen each other out so that you never even have the opportunity to know each other. Because many of those people are just looking I mean, for for tonight right but i mean i think if that's what you're looking for there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that not at all it's not at just all. that that's not what we're looking mm-hmm. for but when when you go to kink events then oftentimes it's almost like pre-screened that yes. this is more like tinder and less like uh less like uh okay cupid or whatever it is yes just by the nature of its uh sexual Openness. Yes. And that's kind of taking us into, and we're kind of skipping around a little, but that's mm-hmm. okay. That was the goal number three that I came up with, mm-hmm. which was when I'm, you... I'm freeballing here. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to watch the outline. That's what I'm for. Uh, but I'm, I'm just kind of laying the, the mm-hmm. framework that that was goal number three for me was we're best served by going to events that are not sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. Because when it's a sex party... Even though I know there is the opportunity that you could like kind of be around the kitchen table as opposed to, you know, upstairs where the sex is happening or whatever. At those events that are very sexual in nature, I think there's just less community building going on. It's like you kind of build your community and then you go there Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like we are really best served by being at events right now that are more like that kind of munch event that are not overly sexual. Because even though I do want to get there... First, we need to find the people that we want to get there with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you know, there's that piece. But really, one of the other parts to address in that goal number one, which was finding people who have needs that are similar to what we're looking for, mm-hmm. people who are looking for things that fit with what we're looking for. You know, um, one of the conversations is like, okay, so we make friends with a single guy, right? And maybe he's really cool, and maybe his goals are in alignment with ours. He just wants to like be friends. Mm-hmm. But when you meet him in the context that he's really looking for that one person in his life, I think I am a little cautious in those scenarios because that is what has blown up for us in the past, mm-hmm. right? Because ultimately we talked about that triad situation and how that got messy. And it got messy because he was lonely. Mm-hmm. And everything was all fun. We were very close, very good friends. Uh, the sex stuff was fun Mm -hmm. but ultimately when it came time he had to go home Mm -hmm. to his apartment by himself and we weren't really looking for kind of a third piece of our marriage Mm -hmm. we were looking for more of a friend with benefits Mm -hmm. and he was 100% aware that was the deal Mm -hmm. he was 100% on board with that but then he started to develop feelings that he couldn't do anything with he didn't have any place to put them right and that was painful for me. Mm-hmm. That situation was really painful for me. And it's it's was painful enough that even all these years later, it is kind of a, a driving force for me to not put myself there again. Mm-hmm. Because that's hard when someone really wants something from you that you can't give them. Right. So I think that's that, that conversation about having needs that are in alignment. Other people who are looking for friends 
And I think, you know, they don't have to already have a primary mm-hmm. partner in their life, but it, I think it's easier, it's well, simpler, but if I, they do. In, in, for context, in that situation, then he was dating people, and then he would say, hey, how about I bring this girl that I'm dating over and we yeah, can all play. We can all play. That and, would be great. And typically, you know, his, his choice of women were not who we would choose. And it's not that we have that right to choose it for him. But they were but, not people that we wanted to play with. Right. Different thing. And so it's it's really important to have those expectations aligned and you understand who who you're, you're potentially playing with mm-hmm. uh, before you confound the issue with sex. Yeah, because again, I think that's a really good point because I can remember all those times, all those nights when we would go out mm-hmm. with him and whoever he was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you owe that to your friend. You absolutely oh, owe yeah. it to your friend when your friend has go a have girlfriend, dinner. boyfriend yeah. that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You owe it to them to go and hang out with their other mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that's how that works. It's yeah. part of the give and take. Mm-hmm. You don't owe it to them to have sex with that person. Mm-hmm. So, you Going know, back to your point about uh, what yes. if. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think that goal number one is is that alignment of needs. And again, I think it will be comfortable for me, it will be simple for me if they already have kind of someone who fills their their core emotional needs in their life mm-hmm. so that I will feel less concerned that... Less responsible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but that being said, I don't have any, you know, a lot of these are, how do we, how do we kind of move in the direction of the kind of people that we're looking to meet. It's mm-hmm. not about filtering people out who don't meet that, mm-hmm. but it's, if that makes any sense, it's mm-hmm. not about being like, oh, you're single, sorry, don't want to hang out mm-hmm. with you, but it's more like, where could we find a bunch of people who already have primary partners? Well, and even if you, you're talking about those things up front and putting those on the table, Everybody can can be aware of, of what the moving pieces are before you get too far in. Yeah, I mean, when we put names to all that stuff as it's happening, I think mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other the goal number two in my list, but this is a really simple one, is people that we have stuff in common with. Mm-hmm. So, so not just kink. Not just kink, mm-hmm. but you know, we like to play board games, we like to play video games, and meet people every day who are like, nope, games is not a thing that I do. I don't play board games. I don't play video games. Yeah. I maybe they will play poker, mm-hmm. right? And these are I've, like I played Monopoly once. Yeah, the, yeah, and these are people that we meet in a work context. Mm-hmm. But just the idea that there are tons and tons of people who do not play any games at all, mm-hmm. and that's great. But we're likeliest to find our community and our friends and our people among people who like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more about the people who like brain puzzles who like Sudoku, who mm-hmm. like, and it doesn't mean that you have to like all of those things, but the idea is that you should have something that you're kind of nerding out about, and hopefully our Venn diagram overlaps in more than just one spot. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. That, you know, when we're in a room full of people, and what those people really like is fishing and hunting, that those are cool hobbies, mm-hmm. but we don't end up having a ton to talk about right. then with those people, because mm-hmm. those aren't the things that we do. It's probably been 30 years since I've caught a fish. <laughs> Crazy, right? We had this conversation. I've never caught a fish, although we did go on a fishing mm-hmm. what, baby moon. Mm-hmm. We didn't catch any fish then. Nope. <laughs> uh, and I think, too, that there is a conversation to be had about age range. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're 
I feel like if, like we said, okay, let's go find friends. Let's go out to the nightclub mm-hmm. where all the 20-somethings are. Oh, right. Uh, and the loud music and the, you know, I'm sounding old already, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, all the loud music and all the, everybody jam-packed together in like a nightclub and, mm-hmm. and like already I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, and, and on but the that, other, in, the in truth, that was never it, you with, without regard to age. No, I was not like that in my 20s either. No. But, uh, you know, I do think that finding people who are in the phase of life where we are, mm-hmm. um, again, it's just, and I mean, this is all kind of obvious stuff, right? Obviously, you're more likely to be friends with people you have stuff in common with. Mm-hmm. But I think when you add that element to it that, you know, when we have friends who are not kinky, mm-hmm. who we don't talk to about kinky stuff, mm-hmm. who are not kind of part of that world at all, then it's like we're masking all mm-hmm. the time. Well, and I think it's interesting, though, because... In this area, it will be particularly challenging mm-hmm. because we're in our early 40s and we're pretty much done with kids. Mm-hmm. We're moving out of that phase. And yeah. in this area, we're going to be around a lot of people who are not who are our age mm-hmm. and who have, yeah, who yeah. still have and kind of Even just that by kids. itself, that that is going to be a challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to, to kind of find more about that. But I think, you know, all of that information, it it's great information to have. But, you know, I think a, a hard part there is then you're kind of trying to figure out how do we target our, our mm-hmm. activities? Like, yep. how do we how do we find those people? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding very little in the area in terms of munches mm-hmm. right now. And I do think that there is some part of that that is like we're still coming back from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just had a backslide. Yeah. So everybody's masking up. Wait, again. we're done, right? Yeah. We're done, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I know that there is some of that that like for even the non-sexual events to kind of kick back up again, where kind of everybody's a little slow to jump back into that. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm just, it's its hard to find that. Mm-hmm. I'm finding swinger parties mm-hmm. that are going on, and I'm finding myself hesitant to want to go to those mm-hmm. for all the reasons that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then on the Discord server, we got one night to talking about uh, what karaoke, I think, is what kicked off the conversation. Talking about this, this wasn't the uh, Sibian karaoke, right? Uh, I I brought up the Sibian karaoke, mm-hmm. but that was not the initial part of the initial conversation. Was just about going to karaoke. I think someone was asking if there were any karaoke bars in Seattle, mm-hmm. and people were talking about karaoke. And I did bring up that the Streamhouse I think used to be known for having Sibian karaoke, mm-hmm. which I would love to reinstate. One oh day. yeah, you would I'm like here that. for it. I know you would. We were talking about karaoke, and we kind of came to the idea that maybe we should meet up at a local place that has karaoke, that has arcade games, Mm -hmm. that has uh, bowling, and actually set up a meetup. And then, as often happens with that kind of plan, because it wasn't a very sturdy plan, it was more a bunch of people who said, yeah, let's do that this weekend. I'll do it whenever. I can show up whenever. Yeah, we can show up whenever. And and then it kind of just never quite coalesced into a plan, and we didn't end up doing it. We were ready to go, but nobody else was available Mm -hmm. to show up. Um, But that kind of led us to the realization that maybe what we need, you know, we talked earlier about the idea that we were planners. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to not just jump into kind of a group idea of an event, but maybe we need to actually plan an event. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Soren had the idea that maybe we could kind of set it up as a King Quest event. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe we could podcast live at the there event. There we go. And That'd be kind of cool. Have different ways to interact at the event. Have uh, uh, different um, kind of ice-breaking activities or games or, or ways to interact in kinky ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not ways that kind of push your boundaries or make you feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, but ways that are really kind of variegated and let people set their own level of comfort for well, and I think how, less, they wanna, how less, they wanna participate. Less ways to interact in kinky ways mm-hmm. and more ways to start conversations with yes. people. Yep. Because I think another problem is, you know, we have gone to events mm-hmm. where we spoke with people and we had a nice time, but we have gone to events where we had a very hard time breaking into the conversation. You know, every, everybody there kind of already knows mm-hmm. the people that they want to know, and it can just be very difficult to to find a way to to become part of the event. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that we talked about is the idea that we would want to kind of facilitate the event a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of have like a. Um, just a conversation, mm-hmm. maybe kick the thing off with everybody kind of introducing themselves mm-hmm. and uh, maybe answering a couple of silly icebreaker questions or just some way to kind of all get to know each other a little bit because it can be hard. Mm-hmm. But I even think, uh, say, along the lines of an escape room or something, there's like a, a path through that puts people together so that you're interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not just uh, your, your stereotypical uh, what was your what was your favorite pet ever kind mm-hmm. of question you know how how can you get people to interact with each other in creative ways that doesn't put people into an uncomfortable space yeah so i think you know that is that is part of what what we're trying to plan and this mm-hmm. is all still we really just came up with this idea this morning mm-hmm. so this is all you're you're very much hearing this as as we come up with it uh, but we do want to have it at maybe a place like an arcade mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll go with the one that we had originally talked yeah, on the Discord some, server about. Some or, kind of neutral, fun venue. Mm-hmm, but something that's not... I think there's another thing that has always been hard for me is when it's at a house. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I know that's what's easy. It's easy mm-hmm. to host a party at your house. And yeah. that can be very welcoming and very nice. But as as a woman in the world who has threat mode triggered all the time, mm-hmm. the idea of showing up at someone's house can be scary. Mm-hmm. So I think that having it at a public, very public location where mm-hmm. people can feel safe showing up. Um, you know, it, in my perfect world, people would feel safe, like they could show up, check the thing out, and then like only engage if they were ready to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that's kind of the, the conversation we're having is what pieces could be put in place that would help people who really hesitate to come to this stuff mm-hmm. to feel like this is something that they want to be a part of. Well, and again, I would ultimately, long-term goal, love to do some work in the world to normalize the idea that that you are not uh, an outcast if you like kinky things all people like kinky things it's just your your comfort with the terms and the education and and knowing yourself better Mm -hmm. that do some work so that that we can actually have real conversations with each other yep i hear all that but i you know you are such a white knight, my mm. Soren. Me? <laughs> and every time I'm, that you I'm a dark knight. Every time that you see something that mm. isn't what you think it should be in the world, you're ready to charge out there and, and fix it. No. <laughs> no. And I'm all for mm. making strides in that direction, but it is a it is a big problem. Sure it is. It is a big problem that you're talking about fixing single-handedly. We literally pull funky ass shit out of the sky every single day. It's true. (laughs) So those are some of the ideas 
for how we might start building a community mm-hmm. that works for us. Uh, of we, course, we always do everything the hard way. The hardest possible. Hardest possible way. Yep. Rather than just find something that already mm-hmm. exists and show up and do the best to make it work for us. So, we have to build something new from the ground up. Why not? Just burn <laughs> it all down and start over. Right. So if you want to join us. If you're in the greater Seattle area and you want to come to one of our Kink Quest Munch events, mm-hmm. then you can find us on the website. You can find us in the community. Mm-hmm. and At kinkquest.org. Yep, www.kinkquest.org. And in the community, let us know that you're interested in coming to the event. There will be information there. We will be sharing information about the event in Mm -hmm. the community. Yep. And come be part of our community. Yeah. Come be a part of it. It's going to be fun. There's going to be Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, yeah. Because this is a thing. It's on. (laughs) Because Soren thinks... He can be better than me at Dance Dance Revolution. You're going to get dusted. Which is ridiculous because before we had kids, I used to play every single day. And after. Yeah, actually after we had kids, Mm -hmm. but just when they were little, though. Mm -hmm. It's been a little while now. (laughs) So next steps Mm -hmm. for the goal are we need to vet some venues. We Mm -hmm. need to figure out where is the best place. That has the best Dance Dance Revolution. The best Dance Dance Revolution machines. Multiplayer. It has to have Butterfly yep. on it. That's important. You think it still has Butterfly? I don't know, but it better. Okay. <laughs> it better. Uh, and then I think I'm going to reach out to some of the different contacts mm-hmm. that we have online and mm-hmm. try to figure out uh, where where, and when would be good for an event like this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get just a couple of people on board to show up for the first one. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the plan is that we're going to commit to do this once a month for six months. And if mm-hmm. that means it's us by ourselves at an arcade, then that's okay. so be it. Yeah. And we'll report back and let you guys know how it goes. And again, if we can get some people to show up, maybe we'll actually do some live podcasting. And mm-hmm. uh, you'll hear what happens at the events if you're not close enough to be able to come. So hopefully next episode, next episode is episode 10. Hopefully we'll have some really cool kinky adventure to talk about that. Do you have any thoughts on kinky adventures for episode 10? Gosh, I don't want to lead any any spoilers, but I did have some uh, interesting interactions on Twitter. No, no, not that one, Daddy, <laughs> no! <laughs> we will see you on the next dungeon. See you in the next level. So, what levels did we gain in this episode? Well, I think... As ever, we're getting a better understanding of the types of people that that we're looking for to be part of our community. This is like charisma level up? Are we going with like D&D style levels? I know in the last episode we were just starting this whole level up thing and we did science levels Mm -hmm. and we did butt plug levels. We did. No, I don't think it's so much charisma as it is uh, kind of self-awareness. Self-awareness levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's not not the ability to influence other people. No, we were really doing a lot of thinking about what we're looking for. And I think that's a really good first step on this journey. Mm-hmm. I think if you're not aware of what it is that you're even looking for or kind of where things could go wrong or where you've had misconceptions before, mm-hmm. then you're much more likely just to repeat those mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So self-awareness levels, mm-hmm. level up. What else? Is that it? 
And we didn't get any fun ones like butt plug levels. Mm -mm. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it's just self-awareness. I think we're about to be touring arcades mm -hmm. and then DDR level up. we're going to be getting DDR levels, but we don't have them yet. So I don't think we get the sound effect. For well, this. I think we'll need to make sure that you have some wearables with you while we test it out. So I need to wear, is it butt plug or is it uh, me or is I don't it something know. different? Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll measure that. <laughs> but, but we don't have those levels yet. That's later. Oh, I know. So talking about next time. Yeah, next time. But all we got this time were just self-awareness levels. Yes, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's going to have right. to be good enough. It's just going to have to do. Yeah. <laughs>